1: Well, it's almost that time of the year again, it's April and we have to file our taxes. Now, I don't know much about taxes, especially not US taxes, but I know somebody who is an expert on US taxes and specifically for people who work in the sharing economy and specifically Airbnb hosts. So today I want to welcome to the show Miguel, Miguel, how's it going?
0: It's going good. Thanks for having me on, Jasper.
1: Of course, I'm interested to to hear your advice on the taxes. I know uh, recently in the U.S., uh, a bunch of stuff changed as uh, mm-hmm. as Trump um, implemented some some tax cuts. I believe.
0: Yeah, yeah. For for those that say that that Trump did it, I mean, I I would say that there's a, a lot of Congress people who know a lot about tax that that probably. <laughs> Probably did most of the work, if if right. not, you know, all the work. But um, but that's certainly correct. Um, appreciate that.
1: All right, for no no credit for Mister Trump then. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um, you know, a lot of people, a lot of Airbnb hosts have questions around you know how to follow Texas, and yeah. so I I wanted to go over, uh, first of all, sort of the basics. You know what what does every Airbnb host need to be aware of, and then I also would like to discuss some questions that people have asked on a blog post that I wrote on getpaidforyourpet.com. So how, that, how does that sound?
0: That sounds fair. Awesome.
1: So let's kick it off. Airbnb Texas one-on-one, what are the most important stuff that people need to know?
0: Yeah, I, I think the, the most important thing Jasper is to remind everyone to breathe. Um, I think oftentimes when I get a call from a, a frantic host, the, the context is usually, okay, I've, I've figured out how to make money. I've figured out my pricing. Um, you know, I've, I've read these great blogs like Get Paid for Your Pad, uh, but now I've made money, and like, how the heck do I pay taxes on it? So I, I think that the number one thing is, is just to know that there is a very kind of basic process here in the U.S. Um, that although there are nuances around Airbnb, Uh, it's generally the same. So, you know, filing annually and reporting on that income uh, is number one. Um, And then what folks might not know is that you also have a quarterly requirement um, if you make a certain amount. So, So those are kind of the two overarching points on tax requirements. And of course, there's Uh, a lot of details that kind of go under that. Um, So, you know, and and I'll just kind of continue here. So the annual filing, which we all know about, uh, is coming up here. It's due April, uh, April 17th this year. And what that means for Airbnb hosts is that you're going to have to file a profit and loss sheet on the income received from the platform, uh, be it Airbnb or the RPO or HomeAway, what have you, uh, but you also get to claim deductions against that. And, and, and by the way, you should report on that and you should get credit for those deductions because what might happen if you don't report and somehow down the road, the IRS or another taxing agency uh, identifies that income, they're not going to give you the credit for those deductions. So, you know, you want to make sure you're getting your income and your deductions on an annual basis uh, at very minimal.
1: And what's this thing called Schedule C or Schedule E?
0: Yeah, it, it, so that's that's a question of okay, fine. I've got my income, I've got my deductions. Now, where do I put them? Uh, traditionally, you know, kind of in the pre, um, you know, Airbnb pre home sharing world, uh, you would typically expect a rental property to be on a Schedule E, uh, and there are some very important characteristics about that Schedule E because there's less tax on income on a Schedule E. But to be able to qualify for a Schedule E, the income has to be passive. So meaning this is the world where, you know, Jasper, you might own a property in, uh, in, in the Bahamas, because um, I, I, I know that you do, <laughs> uh, where, you know, you just kind of set it and forget it. And, you know, someone lives there maybe long-term. You don't need to manage it at all. Uh, that's the world under which the Schedule E uh, was made for. And, you know, Congress said is you don't need to pay uh, self-employment taxes on it because it's not an active business. Uh, The Schedule C, in contrast, is for an active business. So um, now, you know, in the world of the Airbnbs and the world of, you know, dressing up your (laughs) listing to make it attractive you know there's advertising involved there's managing hosts um you know i've been to places where the hosts had kind of you know offered uh you know some kind of activity during the day to get to know the area you know so we live now in the world where these rentals are becoming active and what the irs has come out in certain events i said hey this is not a passive activity and that's where you file on the schedule c so uh, I just have to say that it's a it's a hotly contested issue uh not just you know not not just me uh, on on this side and, and and not just you know but also other preparers and professionals are kind of having the same discussion um, but the reality is this the schedule C has an additional tax on it uh just like any self employment would so um you know these are payroll taxes. It's an extra fifteen percent, and I have a lot of hosts who come to me and say, "Well, Miguel, I don't want to pay that extra percent." And I always say, "Well, well, look, there's clear, uh, there's a clear fact pattern that the IRS has kind of gone after to recharacterize, you know, income from one to the other and assessing penalties. So I I don't share that to scare anybody, and I hope that's all making sense. The point is, is that that's a discussion that you'll want to have with your professional uh, based on your specific fact pattern you're you're going to want to think about whether or not um, this can qualify as passive uh, or if a schedule c makes sense Um, and then i'll just wrap that point up jasper by saying that from a deduction standpoint so if you're in a loss uh, a schedule c is much better from a tax standpoint than a Schedule E loss because if you have a loss on a Schedule C business, you can take that loss and you can offset your wages. So, and what I mean by that is that you know if you made I don't know a hundred thousand and you have a ten thousand dollar loss on a Schedule C, what you can do on your tax form when you report on a Schedule C is you can say, wait a minute, you taxed me a on hundred through my regular job, but actually I only made ninety, so then you can get back whatever was taxed between, you know, 90 and hundred. So, um, anyway, I'll, I'll just pause there cause I know I've been, uh, rambling on here on something that's very tax specific.
1: I know when you have a tax question, there's almost never an easy answer.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And that, uh,
1: that's what provides you with, uh, your, uh, your business, I guess. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, that's, that's correct. I mean, I think everyone, um, you know, I think, like, You know, the world we live in today, the the knowledge is out there, and I think that's great. Um, I think, though, that, like, what's often missed is that, you know, there are exceptions to every general rule and and piece of advice. So I think even as your listeners are listening here, um, you know, just note that there are exceptions to some of these general guidelines, and you might be that exception. Uh, And the best way to figure that out is just to get feedback from somebody that, you know, does this a lot.
1: Awesome. So just to finalize this uh this schedule C schedule E thing. I I was wondering in a situation that I had where I had an an Airbnb manager sort of managing my my Airbnb listing, I mm-hmm. was I was still involved as well because I was you know, I was like updating the listing, I was communicating with my guests, I was accepting and the bookings and stuff. Um yeah. so w- would that be would that be considered a schedule E or schedule C?
0: So and then, you know, I guess the, you've got a property manager involved there too. Um,
1: well, I I only had one listing. So basically my, my cleaner was basically my, Uh, my property manager.
0: Yeah. Well, what I would say is that there have been, you know, cases where we've, you know, lightly discussed with an IRS agent where they just had questions where, you know, they kind of heard that same fact pattern that you just said, which is very common, right? You know, I've got one listing, I, I manage it. There's some things online. Um, and they took the view that it was active because there was you know marketing involved and you know high turnover right mm-hmm. so it's the very nature of constantly having to market and advertise and engage um you know is a selling process that you wouldn't consider to be a passive activity um, so i'll just share that tidbit
1: right got it okay cool let's move on to another topic uh the- Deductible expenses I mean that's the, yeah. that's the fun part of doing of doing the taxes right like deducting
0: everything. Yeah yeah, yeah it's like all right here's our starting point let's let's get it down.
1: So what, what kind of things can you deduct?
0: Yeah, so I mean the, the typical things will always be you know if it's a rent to rent arrangement, you're gonna figure out okay it's going to be rent utilities. Uh, if you own your home, uh, you're going to deduct it a little differently. You're, you're going to look at you can't deduct the mortgage, uh, but you can deduct mortgage interest, um, and you can uh, depreciate uh, the value of the property that is related to the business. Um, so I think the the big point here is that there's always going to be direct expenses. So you know even if you're renting out your basement there are expenses that you don't need to figure out. Are they business? Are they personal, right? So if you bought linens for the rental area, if you've bought furniture, if you've done all these things that are specifically for your unit, uh, that's what we call a direct expense. And then the second category are the indirect expenses. These are things that are for the benefit of everyone and everything in the house. And now you've got to figure out, okay, what percentage of the total rent, if I live here too, should be assigned to the business. Um, You know, usually call that saying, hey look, we've got a pie. Uh, We've got a pie of expenses, and the goal is to to capture the full pie. And then what we do is we figure out what slice of that is for the business. So that's kind of how we think about those two. And you combine those, and uh, those are your overall deductions. Um, So you know, some of those things that I think that a lot of Airbnb hosts miss are Um, sometimes, you know, items that are available to guests that, you know, you don't think about like, so for example, I have a client who uh, has a wine subscription and because they have so much wine flowing in their house, they make it available to their guests. So, you know, there was a conversation there and said, Hey, we've got to figure out, you know, what percentage of this, right? Like we've got to think about, it doesn't have to be exact, but we've got to you know deduct some of that. Um, and then the other things too, of course, are your, you know, Netflix, uh, your internet, uh, subscriptions in your home. Um, you know, if you, for some reason, um, you know, have fresh flowers, I have a client in New York city who, uh, furnish or puts fresh flowers in the house every time she has a guest and, uh, flowers are expensive. I had had no idea how expensive flowers can be. Uh, but it's kind of her personal touch, part of her personal brand, um, and she only does it for guests. So uh, that turned out to be a nice little deduction for her as well.
1: Very cool. So there's lots of things to deduct. And of course, what's also important is that if you deduct expenses, you want to make sure you have clear documentation of anything you deduct. You want to keep those receipts, et cetera, because if they ever check on you, then you need those, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. So, you know, the the interesting thing is is you don't necessarily need the receipt. And I don't want people just taking that and running with it. But I just want to be practical about what happens um ultimately uh when you get audited because an, an IRS agent um, you know, is not going to ask you or any company for every single receipt. What they're going to ask for is what the process is. So, no matter what, you've got to have a documentation process. Uh, to note what those expenses are, it could be as simple as going through your banking statements and highlighting, you know, all your like all those flower expenses, for example, right? And documenting that. Um, you only need four things to justify a deduction: you need the date, you need the vendor, you need the business purpose, right? And you need the amount. So you can get those from banking statements. Uh, But the point is, is have a process. Don't wait until three years down the road when you get a letter asking to explain what, you know, your supplies are, right? You want to be able to just reach into a drawer or into a, you know, Google Drive file and just pull out whatever that documentation is. Um, But that's a good point. But Jasper, do you want to know the the number one deduction that hosts miss on that is actually quite fun?
1: Uh let me guess. Uh phone bill.
0: <laughs> um that's uh that's that's not even close. <laughs>
1: okay. But tell, no,
0: tell me. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well well definitely the phone bill, let's include that. Um but the travel. So, you know, if if you really you know, and I know you talk about this, but if you really want to be a good Airbnb host, shouldn't you check out other Airbnbs? Uh huh. You know? I, I, so- I like where this is going. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. So look, I mean, there are specific rules around business trips that if you play it right and with the right documentation, you can feel pretty good about having those. So what I mean is this. The rules state that if you work the majority of the time, you can define that as four hours every day, and we've done that and tested that and on it, then you can deduct the full cost of the trip. You've got to document what you do those four hours a day, right? Call it a Google sheet, call it a Word document, whatever you want to do. But if you can do that and you can, you know, say um, and lay out that you, you know, R&D, Airbnb host research and uh, you fill in the blank, Charlottesville, Austin, um, you know, anywhere in the world. I mean, isn't that an argument to say that you're making your own business better? And aren't you really learning how to be a better host and run a better business?
1: So basically, you can use all your Airbnb income to take a bunch of holidays, and that way you don't have to pay any taxes.
0: (laughs) I'm going to rephrase that to say that (laughs) you can take your Airbnb income to do intensive and wonderful and beautiful travel, uh, which benefits your business, and deduct that. How's that? Interesting
1: probably a better wording awesome well that sounds great i didn't know that anyway let's let's go to questions sure There's a there's a bunch of questions and let, let me just start with a very basic one i think this one will be fairly easy to answer so mm-hmm. the question is i purchased a home to be used exclusively as an airbnb would i treat this as a rental property or a business i'm confused please help
0: so i missed the first right did they buy or or rent the home
1: yeah they I, the question is i purchased a home purchase yeah be, to be used exclusively as an airbnb
0: yeah so my personal view is that that sounds like a business right and what we would do is we would we would look at it you know in terms of days available days rented Um, you know, how is the, how is the rental structured? Is it one home for rent? Is it multiple units? Um, That would be part of the conversation. But generally I will say that when you buy a home, your best deduction is going to be depreciation, um, you know, which is taking a piece of the purchase price and stretching it out over the life. Okay. So with a, with a, with a home running as Airbnb, what you're going to want to do is I would schedule C it it's probably going to be in a loss because you've got such a big depreciable amount and you can use that loss to offset other earnings. So, um, you know, there's some gray area, but that's how I would play the rules.
1: Okay. So if you, if you have purchased your home and does that, how does it work when you have a mortgage? Let's say you purchase a $200,000 home and you have a $200,000 mortgage. Can you still depreciate it and deduct that?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, so you depreciate it. You don't write off the mortgage. Um, you do write off the interest from the mortgage as well as the depreciation. So, you know, I know that sounds a little, maybe it sounds a little cloudy, but, um, you know, your first year, um, let's just take your example on a $200,000 home. Let's just say that the first year, your mortgage payments add up to 10 grand, um, because it's early in the mortgage, the majority of that will be pure interest. So you know you might not be able to write the full ten grand, but I'm gonna say seven grand of that is gonna be interest, so boom, you know, and you might say, "Oh well, I lost three thousand, but no, you've taken that seven and then you're gonna take the value of the home and write off a portion of it so you know, and I don't know if anyone wants to know what the math is, but you're gonna take you know two hundred, divide it by twenty seven and a half, and that's going to be the depreciable value more or less and there's exceptions to this but more or less that number you're going to write off as well so it's actually going to be better in the first few years than just writing off your mortgage right
1: and so this 27 and a half years that's supposedly how long uh, a, a house lasts for
0: yes that is the life that is the idea behind it but for those listening to this in uh after this tax season that number has changed. So Congress changed that with the tax reform, it is now it is not yet, it is it will be 20 for the years 2018 and on. So, you know, again, if we're looking at 200, that's going to be about 10k per year. So the, the it's going to get a little juicier uh for those having this kind of arrangement where they're buying to then Airbnb.
1: So it sounds like you probably don't really have to pay a lot of taxes on your Airbnb business if you're you know, like if you look at a $200,000 $200, house, you're, you're saying 10 grand from just from the depreciation. I mean, if, mm-hmm. if, if you're making like 10% on that $200,000, that's like 20K, right? And so mm-hmm. if, you, if you're making 10%, then you can deduct already the 10K and then you can deduct the 7,000 for your mortgage and then mm-hmm. some phone bills, some utilities and, and whatnot. I mean, you end up paying nothing.
0: Yep. And, and, and now you see the strategy.
1: <laughs> okay well that sounds, uh, that sounds pretty good to me alright yeah. let's, let's go for some other questions um, let's see what else do we have alright so here's a question I would like some clarity on deductions available to hosts renting one bedroom in their personal home can I deduct all the expenses of the home or can I only deduct a percentage of my home and also can I deduct auto expenses because I pick up my guests uh, at the airport,
0: yeah, well, well, that's a fair question. Uh, so the answer is, you know, you all you cannot deduct personal expenses ever, right? That's kind of like a golden rule in taxes. So you know, if you personally live somewhere, uh, there's going to be a part of that that you can't fully deduct. So again, we're back to kind of the pie and figuring out what percentage of that is deductible right and there's different ways to do it you can do it um there's reasons why you would do it differently but you know you would do some kind of factor based on square footage um, and also uh, days available and or days rented right so um, if you rent out half your home um, the full year then just generally speaking half total expenses would be deductible right the other half would be yours and personal so you wouldn't be able to deduct that Um, but you know, what if you rented out half your home one day out of the year, can you still deduct half? Well, no, that's when you've got to get a little more sophisticated. So, uh, point on the total home, um, you know, figure out a process to identify the business percentage, uh, keep it reasonable, document it, um, put it somewhere where you can pull it out of a drawer three, four years from now. And then on the automobile, uh, you're going to want to, track the miles that are for business, just the same way you would do it if you you know, were driving for your company. Um, or any example you can think of, you want to track the exact miles from your where you leave and where you return and what the reason is. And there's some great apps out there um, like MileIQ. And, and I, I won't endorse any products, but just things that clients commonly use to kind of track those things. Um, so yes, those are deductible.
1: Very cool, that's good to know. Uh, let's see, what else do we have? Okay, so here's a good question. I rent out my rented apartment via, via Airbnb for more than 15 days. Can I deduct the hotel that I stay at when I'm renting out my apartment? Is that a business expense? So this guy, since, since he can't stay at his own apartment because he's renting it out, he's gonna stay at a hotel and can he, can he deduct those expenses?
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I might I might be inclined to say yes. And and let me explain um the principles of deduction. So there's two principles in deducting anything. Uh it needs to be ordinary and necessary, right? So ordinary means uh do others likely do it. Um, right? So if you kind of think about this example, uh is it probable, possible that when somebody gets booked all of a sudden and it's, they rent out their full home that they go stay somewhere else with a friend, boyfriend, girlfriend. Um, and maybe, you know, those avenues aren't available. So maybe they, they, you know, want to keep their commitment to their host. So they rent a hotel. Um, I would say that, okay, maybe that sounds ordinary. Right. Uh, and then the second principle is necessary. So, you know, does doing that does spending that, uh, increase your profit potential. Right. Um, And, you know, in this case, I would certainly reason that canceling a reservation, you know, would decrease your profit potential. So on the flip side, you know, if if I want to stay committed to my bookings, then, um, yeah, it's necessary for me to go elsewhere. And is it a hotel this time? Uh, Okay, sure. But look, that said... Um, if you come to me and you show me your, uh, folio from the W (laughs) or, uh, you know, the Ritz Carlton, um, now we're kind of going above what's reasonable. So I I would just say yes, uh, and keep it reasonable.
1: And there's a follow-up question. Which form, which IRS form do you, uh, use for that?
0: So, you know, you would report this, I mean, that's why I like the Schedule C better because there are, you know, more options with the Schedule C because you're, you're doing it as a business, right? So on the Schedule C, there is a travel line, there is a travel and lodging line um, that, you know, any other business might incur. And in this case, here's an example where you would incur it. So uh, I would put that Schedule C, uh, you know, travel and lodging. Awesome.
1: Great. Let's see. Uh, what, what else? We have another question here. Am I, am I I'm renting out a room in the apartment I'm renting? Can I deduct the rent I'm paying from the money I make on renting the room? I also live in the apartment. Currently, I barely make half the rent on Airbnb. Now that Airbnb is charging me with 30% tax, I'm not going to be able to make even half the rent. What are your thoughts on that?
0: My first thought is 30% sounds really high. I wonder where uh, where this uh, commenter is. is but uh, but no, the comment is fair. So the comment is, um, you know, often we have hosts who, you know, instead of having a roommate, they rent out the other half of the room, and um, they're using that to basically supplement their living, but you're taxed on it, right? So – um, not all the money that you take in is tax free. It's just not. Even though you're used to um, having a roommate who, you know, there's no tax implications. They pay half, you pay half. But here's the thing you're earning income off a platform that has your social security number. So it's not, they're not paying the landlord, they're paying you, right? So the name of the game there is going to be make sure, okay, fine, report that income, but deduct the you know, expenses, right? So if your rent is a thousand, the other half is 500 and okay, you earn 500. Well, you can deduct the full rent, right? So you're at zero. But I think the second part of the question says, you know, now that I'm not getting that 500 now, now I'm, you know, I'm, I'm getting a 30% tax on it. Um, I don't have all of it. I mean, I'm kind of curious on the details, but, um, you know, if they're talking about occupancy tax, which means that, you know, 500 includes the occupancy tax, you know, the occupancy tax gets paid out to, you know, the local government or the state. Um, then yeah, they're not keeping all that 500. Right. So I would just say, okay, in that event you've got to do what every other business owner does when they get hit with taxes is they increase their prices cause you gotta, you gotta be able to cover that. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think the, the, the point is correct. Um, And if you're going to make it work, you got to raise your prices, but be very clear that this is income and you need to make sure that you're deducting, you know, everything you can from what you're earning to make it all even out.
1: Awesome. One last question. This has to do with the the bet tax or the lodging tax. Yep. Yep. Um, So the question is Airbnb does not collect, and remit income taxes for us, but they do collect and remit the sales and lodging tax for us. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's a question mark actually, do they? So do they do that or not? Uh, My state has a total of 7% bet tax. It has to be filed quarterly. I'm listed on Airbnb and VRBO. VRBO allows us to charge our 7% and then shows the tax amount on each booking. So you can easily set it aside at the end of the quarter. I haven't been able to find a clear answer on Airbnb. What do you Mm. think?
0: What's the question? I'm just kidding. I I think, um, you know, this highlights an issue that a lot of folks are having across the country. And and the issue is this, right? So every government is going to try and get their piece of the pie, right? I think Airbnb made a billion dollars last quarter. This is growing, and governments are paying attention. And local governments and state governments, you know, some states that don't have income tax, are saying, how in the world do we get? Hour fill. So what they've started doing is they've started assessing these, um, you know, they call it different things, sales and lodging tax, bed tax, you'll hear occupancy tax, transient tax. Uh, but it's basically a sales tax, just the way that you would pay an extra percentage when you you know buy a candy bar at the store. Um, again, this depends on where you're at, but just an example. Sorry if it's a poor one. Um, and what's happening is that the platforms are not consistent on whether they, number one, withhold the tax for you, um, and then number two, whether or not you know they tell you at all, right? So, um, you know, I would say that kind of my my advice to anyone uh, in this space is number one, check to see what the rules are in your state and city. Uh, if you're in a place like Texas, if you've got a state tax, if you're in the city of Austin, Texas, you also have a city tax, right? And get this, in Austin right now, the state Airbnb will withhold the state amount okay, and pay it for you. So you don't need to worry about the state, but they won't do it for the city. So you need to individually calculate that yourself. So um, the answer is going to depend on where you're at. But yeah, you should be very clear on whether the platform is collecting and paying for you whether the platform is calculating for you, like in this example, and whether or not you need to individually file. Um, Another example, just to kind of throw everyone for the loop, the city of Los Angeles, Airbnb collects and remits the payment. However, the city still requires you to tell them what Airbnb paid for you, so this thing is a giant mess, and every city and state is going to have some differences and nuances. Um, and you know, we're we're actually working on trying to create some kind of a, a repository for all that information, but it's it's really messy.
1: Okay, well, I guess another clear, another <laughs> <a> clear answer <laughs> on that one. Yeah, um, but uh, that's just what it is in uh, in in Texas, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, in these examples are going to be kind of everywhere. So, I think Nashville, Tennessee has kind of a similar arrangement, um, you know. So, it's it's yeah, it's 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 going to be nationwide. So, if if your city doesn't have it, it 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 might soon. Right. And so
1: Airbnb hosts, they they have to follow Texas. Can they do it by themselves or is it too difficult? Or should they hire you? <laughs>
0: <laughs> thanks thanks for the opportunity for the plug. No, I, I, I think, you know, um, look, I mean, I, I, I think that doing your own taxes is, uh, you know, it's noble. I think being able to kind of calculate all this stuff and wanting to do it, I think I appreciate. And I have lots of clients who come to me and they say, I can file my own taxes. And I say, great, but do you want my help? <laughs> and the answer is usually yes. And the reason why is it makes sense to get feedback at some point. Right. Um, this, you know, you want to go to someone that's seen 800 versions of the same puzzle. Uh, and that's what we offer. Uh, if, if you feel comfortable doing the math on your own, that's fine. Um, but I will say that there's probably something that uh, you haven't thought of. There's probably something you've missed. Uh, and if you're kind of like a, you know, a great shining example of how to file your taxes, then, you know, at least what you'll get is kind of the, uh, feedback confirmation that, you know, everything's doing done right. I mean, there's a lot of math that goes into this depreciation schedules can be fairly complex. Um, and, uh, you know, the occupancy taxes, how to deduct those and where to deduct those, uh, is going to be an issue. So, um, you know, we think of ourselves as a resource. So even if, you know, we have people we meet that, are doing their taxes on their own. We hope that, you know, there's probably a workbook or a webinar um, where we can add value and, and really educate the community on, you know, how to set up a strategy, how to kind of plan using finance and tax.
1: Right. Awesome. So what, what would a typical tax preparation for an Airbnb host cost?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So um, we're getting right into it, huh? I like it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, so look, the, the space, we should be very clear about the space, right? So we are in a world now where if you do it yourself, you know, generally a, a tax return on Turbo is going to be like a hundred bucks, right? Uh, if you go to a firm uh, that's going to do it in a major metropolitan city, uh, your tax return might be a thousand. Uh, we fall somewhere in the middle, right? So. I think our view is no matter what you charge, you should be able and you should be clear by the way, you know, whether it's us or another firm, that whatever fee you're paying, you're gonna get three to four times that value. So that's that's our view. And you know, we generally charge anywhere in the middle of that range. Uh, and we're very clear on that because, you know, if we could save you five thousand dollars in tax, does a five hundred dollar tax return make sense? Uh, but again, it depends, uh, you know, we account for kind of complexity, uh, we account for kind of being a startup, you know, being your first year. Um, so you know, it depends. Uh, but generally, I mean, that's kind of the, the space of prices.
1: Awesome. Now, I know you have a special offer for our listeners. Uh, you're offering $50 discount on Trex preparation. Um, mm-hmm. Let's see, people can go to shared getpaid slash and if you fill out the form there, you can, um, what, what will happen? Like you, you'll get back to them. You'll, you'll give them a call.
0: Yeah. So we've, we've got a team that is looking out for signups and what will happen is, is a real human being will engage you and say, Hey, how can I help? Does uh, the 10 minute conversation. make sense. And usually there is a quick call or a quick email exchange about what you're looking for, uh, what we offer. And if it makes sense to work together, uh, we have a process to kick off the return and and, and get it done. Uh, within a week, we are getting close to the deadline. So I think for anyone listening uh, in 2018, um, you know, if, if you want to get your stuff together, uh, you want to at least talk to a pro uh, now um, and set up some kind of a plan, even if that means filing an extension and paying some tax. Uh, but the, the time is now.
1: Awesome. So for the listeners, uh, sh- sharedeconomycpa.com getpaid and if you're if you want to, if you want more information, I know there's a lot of uh, information on the blog as well, so you can you can read about all sorts of stuff. Um, you get a fifty dollar discount and full transparency. I also get a few dollars, not not nearly fifty though, unfortunately, <laughs> <laughs> but still it, it helps. Um, all right, Mikael, uh, thanks a lot for joining me today. Do you have any last uh, last remarks or tips for the listeners?
0: Yeah, sure. Uh, I always say. Make sure you pay your taxes, but don't leave a tip. <laughs> okay,
1: fair enough. All right, man. Great talking to you. Thanks a lot. And for the listeners out there, if you if you have any questions, by the way, on taxes, uh, you can go to also go to com. There's an article about uh, it's kind of like the the basics of uh, of taxes. Uh, if you go to com slash taxes you'll You'll find the article. You can ask questions there as well. And I'll, I'll if I get a question, I'll, I'll ask Miguel to answer it. So, because you know, I, I don't, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know anything about U.S. Texas. <laughs> anyway, thanks for listening, and um, we'll see you next time.